0: This is Restless. Welcome back to part two of our episode reviewing demon hunting
1: from the rise and fall of Mars Hill. You need some kind of like spooky music to bring us in for like you know for Restless Demon Week. <laughs> I, I will
0: I will certainly look up. And...
1: Also, we shouldn't call it Restless Demon Week. We are we're not a fan of demons. I want to make that very clear. That is true.
0: And we are not a fan of the kind of demon hunting that has been described so far in the Rise of Fall of Mars Hill episode eight. So, you're you're with us. You know what we talked about last week. We were talking about episode eight, where they discuss Driscoll's deliverance ministry, where they discuss uh, the problem, the things that seem problematic about it. And when you come to the end and you hear his process of this demon trial, when you hear what he describes discernment as which is being able to see grotesque even sexual sins right we are of the conclusion that it was all extra biblical but what I think um there was a lot of issues in the episode let me run let me just read the thesis of this episode one more time to explain where we're going so the deliverance ministry at Mars Hill by Mark Driscoll was a powerful ministry in a secularized time for people who wanted to an experience of god this supernatural ministry was another venue for him to accrue power as a leader and display his prideful and patronizing views of women so where they leave us after we walk through all this stuff about the deliverance ministry i think we are left with actually a really big issue and this is what i think christianity today felt like they had to solve it's that what they call into question de facto, just by just by engaging with these ideas on this level is, doesn't this call into question all deliverance ministry, all uh, of deliverance ministry practices, all of, or a lot of this kind of care, the charismatic renewal. And they bring in Sam Storms, who is a famous charismatic Calvinist, part of the YRR crowd to come in and answer these questions. So Pastor Michael, where we left last week is you explaining um, why we couldn't necessarily have, um, why they couldn't just say why this wasn't a red flag when Driscoll described these visions. Yeah,
1: why was it that all, so many people platforming him, bringing him to their conferences, desiring God together for the gospel uh, or not together for the gospel, the gospel coalition, was he ever at Together for the Gospel? I don't know. Um, wherever he was, right? Like he was a big name in all of these uh, new Calvinist circles. And uh, at the same time, these kinds of clips were out there. Yep. People were sharing them. People like John MacArthur are sharing them. So, like, you know that this is happening. Right. Um, why is it this wasn't a red flag? Um, what we came to uh, think anyway, what I think and what you agreed with last week was that this was because um within these circles that accepted the very idea of the charismatic gifts there there were no um, like lines drawn as far as what is and what is not acceptable within the charismatic gifts um there was no clear definitions because we have to say it could
0: right a a, a a notable feature of how this is often practiced is not being able to say yes or no to really
1: anything that's right you have to leave things open right because otherwise you're potentially, um, stopping the spirit of God from operating how, uh, how he wants to. And so, um, and this is a common trouble within, uh, you know, charismatic movements. And so anyway, if that's the case, then you can't, you can't say this guy who's defended us, who's been like a part of what we're doing. You can't say, oh, well, now when he's saying that these visions are just a little weird, I can't tell you that's wrong because really it's all based off of subjective experience.
0: It it is a position that appears to literally try and insulate itself from discernment, which is concerning. Yeah, because that shouldn't be right. Um, the other the, the other point you made is, and that this is why, instead of interacting with these very interesting questions that I, I believe anyone should be left with listening to this about Driscoll's discern uh, uh, deliverance ministry, these kinds of questions in general, the the kind of alliance, I think you see uh, in general with evangelical, with these kinds of ministries, even if we're not really going to participate, instead of asking those difficult and I think interesting questions, and the questions I think the way Driscoll acted actually causes us to act, we had to make this about women. Yeah, This was fundamentally because that is something we can say, none of us are like that. Yep. And so, what they do is at the end of the episode, they bring on Sam Storms to represent a, a more mature, a more healthy version of charismaticism than Driscoll had. And so what we are going to ask today, <laughs> Pastor Michael, you're already you're already giving me the face. Uh, oh,
1: we've already talked about this. We've already we're, talked about this. We're going to enjoy this. We're going to all enjoy it. With all of you listening,
0: we're going to enjoy last this Last week together. was really heavy. This we, We'll probably enjoy this because we are going to ask ourselves as we look at this, if this is the meme from the office where it says, find the difference between these two pictures, and if at the end we have to conclude they're the same picture. So Sam Storms, um, so he's invited because he's a Calvinist. He's so he's supposed to be conservative, and he's also a complementarian, right? Because we have to talk to someone about these issues of women. So let's start listening to some of these clips from Pastor Sam Storms.
2: you of the International House of Prayer. But in the 80s, he planted and pastored a church called Kansas City Fellowship. In 1990, after building a relationship with John Wimber, who you'll remember from an earlier episode.
3: And we're going to invite him to come and minister. Now, come Holy Spirit and whamble! The Spirit of God comes!
2: The church joined the Vineyard Movement and changed its name to Metro Vineyard Christian Fellowship. It was around that time that there was a significant outpouring of charismatic practice, with a variety of leaders involved, including Bob Jones, Paul Kane, John Paul Jackson, and others. The name the Kansas City Prophets wasn't something Bickle or the others necessarily claimed for themselves, but they gained a reputation as a hub for charismatic activity.
0: So the reason we include this clip, this is how they introduce Sam Storms as who he is. And what I just want, every, the reason we're including that clip is I just want everyone to hear, this is just all the charismatics. Yep. like of every stripe the kansas city prophets like these are like this is bad like this is not like well wayne gruden says these gifts probably exist like these are these are barking in the spirit yep this is you know yeah, rolling is-
1: around like the like the the extremes that you think of right yes. like the extreme really wild stuff that you can think of um being drunk in the spirit like, that's all happening and, here.
0: And if the point is saying, if he's trying to establish his street cred as a real charismatic, yeah, Sam Storms is a real charismatic, right? They're right about that. If if the potential thing they're trying to, like, display is Driscoll's practices were more extreme than theirs, that's not true even a little bit. Yep. Even a tiny bit. Yeah. Uh, based on all the names that we've just walked through. Like, this is extreme stuff. And... This is how we're introducing Sam Storms. So so Sam Storms is a real charismatic. And and this is the question: is can he differentiate what Driscoll is doing from whammo the Holy Spirits here? John Wimber. So um, let me get let me get the clip where he begins to speak.
3: We're hosting a conference and um... I was kind of uh, in charge of it, and someone came to me and said, Sam, there's a lady behind the sound booth uh, doing incantations and chanting, and I, I think she's worshiping the devil. <laughs> I said, well, okay, let me come take a look. I, I went over there. They were correct. She had created some sort of little altar, and she was um, um, doing all sorts of incantations, strange gyrations. and, and So I said, all right, well, I'll, I'll keep an eye on her. Well, about five minutes later.
0: What does
1: that mean? Uh, keep an I'll, eye on her. better uh, provide some oversight to this sa- wait, Satan worship. Is it, so this is at a conference, right? This is like, yeah, a prayer yeah. conference or, you know, like a revivalist type it's conference up, yeah, that I'm they sure. do. I, yeah.
0: It is interesting, right, that, you know, it's often noted, oh, you know, the, the charismatics, uh, you know, they because they believe in these things and practice these things, they attract this. I'm like. I actually think there might be more of a like I'm interested in these things, kind of an overlap, right? Like more than like uh than a well because they're because they're 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 doing they're actually doing spiritual warfare. These things come up.
1: Like no, I think there's like an an overlap of people, just like so. This is actually something that you know we've talked. Uh, on this episode that, you know, maybe people in like a Seattle were seeking some kind of spiritual experience because of the secularized kind of world. And I actually think that when we're dealing with the West Coast, particularly, um, you actually have a hub of like spiritualism and New Age thinking, even up uh, in the Pacific Northwest, although it's less so than maybe, you know, in the South. Um, And Southwest especially has like major hubs of these things. So, um, but I, I want to say that there's probably some of that too, right? Like there's an overlap of people, like you're saying, that are interested in these things anyway, and kind of move in those streams.
0: And and yeah, and this is just the fact that you do not ever get rid of the spiritual, even if you try, even if you think you can, the transcendent always comes back. And when it does not come back in a God glorifying way, it obviously is coming back in a uh, perverse way. So, let's let's hear how he engaged.
3: Um, she comes walking toward me, and I don't know how else to explain it. I've tr- for, for people who've never experienced this, it sounds really weird because it is really weird. Uh, but all I know I to do is to give an honest account of it. I felt this wave of dark energy that just engulfed me. Um, and somebody who was there who was feeling the same thing had the wherewithal to grab me by the arm, pulled me aside as I, as I moved farther away from this lady, it began to lift and I kind of regained my senses. I had never experienced anything like that before in my life. Three days later, it's our prayer meeting, our weekly Monday morning prayer meeting. My wife was the receptionist at the church. I'm in the prayer room with about 30 or 40 other people and this lady. So.
0: Again, we'll, we'll see what happens at this prayer meeting. Again, of course, what validates the definite understanding that there is something spiritually dark going on. A dark feeling of energy.
1: Yep. And even he says, like, this is hard to explain. Yeah. It's hard to explain um, unless you've experienced it. This is hard to explain.
0: And let me just say, so far, this is pretty much indistinguishable from what the kinds of things Driscoll yep. is saying.
1: Yeah, you'll notice even when Driscoll talking about uh, much of his experiences, he has to use very uh, colloquial language. Mm-hmm. You have to use very vague language, um, and I will say um, that I think that that does not necessitate that it's false or wrong, right? Uh, because there are strange things that happen in the world. There are strange things that happen spiritually speaking mm-hmm. that we cannot necessarily get like a for sure definitive. Right. Like, here's what was going on. We can't always define it. Right. And so um, we don't want to be so rationalistic that we deny that because you can't define it well without being vague, therefore, this couldn't have happened That's or right. something like that.
0: What, what we want to say is not that there aren't times where you have unexplainable feelings, that there aren't even possibly supernatural uh, kinds of experiences that like only make sense in a in a world governed by supernatural or that the
1: um there's that, that, that there's a, like an invisible spiritual realm yes. around you and something is happening that you can't necessarily fully explain right from the physical we we don't want to say that we want to say that to make statements about it
0: because it's invisible because it is not accessible to us you must those all those statements must be bound and governed by scripture Right. That's what we're that is the the general point we're seeing.
1: And also what we're trying to do here again is to verify how different is Sam Storms from Mark Driscoll. That's right.
3: Lady walks in and I mean the most horrific stench you can possibly imagine. It wasn't body odor. Trust me. If people say, do do demons smell? Yeah, trust me, they do when they want to. And it just, my wife was just sickened and she rushed into the prayer room. This lady was following her. The whole prayer meeting just froze because everybody was overcome by this horrid odor. Um, We were able to escort this woman upstairs. Several of us gathered around her. Somehow we were able to tolerate the smell and we prayed for her, shared the gospel with her. She came to faith in Christ. This woman actually became very active in the church uh, in the years subsequent to that.
0: So Pastor Michael, sometimes demons smell. If they want to. If they want to. <laughs> when they so, want to, they smell. Yeah. before I say a lot, I should say that let he who has not been part of a leg length leg lengthening prayer meeting cast the first stone. So I will not be casting the first. oh stone and we've here been there. Today. so
1: we should maybe it is good for us to say we've run in these circles. Yes. Um, So like, you know, I very much like when I was very much beginning to take the faith seriously, I was in the International House of Prayer, Mike Bickle, um, charismatic, uh, you know, Bible study, you know, praying for, uh, you know, healing and, uh, you know, have a prophet, have a local prophet come and prophesy over us. I was in those groups. Okay. Like I was a part of that. Uh, so I, you know, we, we are not saying these things like, oh, I can't believe people believed things that happened that obviously didn't, right. or like, they're so silly. No, we've been there. We know what it's like to experience. I have been in a place some
0: where someone claimed it smelled like sulfur myself in a prayer meeting. So this was not, this was not unheard of to me. So I think that, yeah, that this, that this is an important thing for us to just explain and put out there um it is one of the reasons i'm going to call it problematic
1: <laughs> have i shared the story of like when i was in la and there's a guy slaying people in the spirit have i shared that on the podcast no this has got to be this is gonna We're. i think we should do a patriot exclusive where i'll share some like of the crazier stories well, been we are going to
0: do a patreon exclusive of where at least we discuss uh, after we discussed cessationism, the actual uncomfort I have begun to feel with, on the one hand, the Catholicity, the need to extend church membership to everyone who's a, a professing, a, a, a believer with a legitimate profession, and the actual feeling of, I don't know if there's actual communion and fellowship possible with certain extremes on this charismatic spectrum we are going to do that yeah. oh we gotta have that discussion. but
1: i i think we should include
0: we will, some story okay, time great, i think great. we should there will either be two of these or one of these <laughs> because there are there are stories oh there i've got are, some good ones and so we can come to those but so pastor michael he this is again this woman out of nowhere right is you know there she's becoming a christian you know what i just after i heard this story I mean, other than that, it's not him seeing someone's sins in their past. What about this is
1: different? Oh, yeah. Like there's like you're telling the same kind of stories. Exactly. It's the same stories. The same things are happening um, now. Yeah, it ended happy. Yep. Um, although it seems like the other like Driscoll's, ended Driscoll's happy too.
0: intentionally telling stories that end happy. Yep. It now also, you're making him sound like a monster.
1: I'm just going to say like the music's Driscoll's, different. That helps. The music's different. <laughs> um, Driscoll's were his stories, um, except for the like vision, part. Oh, yeah. like that is, a uh, like a, a wild different kind of right. a thing, but the, like I've seen people with like, you know, who were stronger than they should have been or levitating. Um, those are all like common things that I've heard. Mm-hmm. This is the first time I've ever heard about a demon that smells. Wow. Also when you prayed for her and she came to faith, Did that smell go away? You don't say. You don't say. Also, like when you have somebody that's worshiping the devil is very possibly like, you know, I just I imagine that this is the kind of person that, yeah, like maybe maybe hygiene isn't the biggest thing in the world for them. There are explanations is all I'm saying. Uh, There are explanations for for some of these things rather than demons can smell when they want to, which will add once again. Give me a verse, I guess. Like I. I am, I am not even against, I think, you know, this will come up when we talk about cessationism. I feel like I operate in a weird way where I'm a pretty firm cessationist and I have both experienced and I believe people who have experienced very weird, crazy things that have happened that like are just strange that um, sometimes cessationism can branch into a kind of rationalism. Right. And I don't want that. Um, I believe in an unbelievably, like a completely supernatural world. Unbelievable is a bad word, <laughs> but like, a, like the, the world we live in is a supernatural world. There, there is a spiritual realm all around us. There are things that happen that we can't explain right. that we don't understand um, that like, I, I don't want to deny that, um, but we want to bring everything back to how the scripture defines those things. Yeah. And when you just throw stuff out like demon smell when they want to, what does that even mean?
0: Right, right. And where then, do you get that? Now I will say this. Uh before you uh before a person throws out um cessationism before we we even get a shot at it, I will say there's actually a large group within cessationism. Cessationism is actually fairly diverse. Yes. And so is. the fact that cessationism was totally thrown out of the YR is shocking because it's fairly diverse yeah. there's a pretty large group of cessationists who actually believe in forms of demonic oppression yeah. now they don't do this type of deliverance but they do believe that there is demonic oppression that we should pray for and uh and minister to now in more in less fantastical ways mm-hmm. that that is actually not something that is uh cast out uh completely all right right like uh immediately so let's listen though to sam storms talk a little bit about uh what he's describing as the biblical way
3: few people at that time who was doing it and that was that was very much a standard characteristic feature of most acts 29 churches at that time This matters, I think, because I want to
2: examine in particular Driscoll's comments about women and spiritual warfare. And it would be easy to find people who fundamentally disagree with him about gender to critique these comments. But it's worth noting that they're an aberration within his own theological framework as well. So I asked Sam, and while there's no shortage of deliverance ministries involving intense effort and shouting, stories like this one abound too. And as Sam sees it, that's really the biblical norm.
3: It's amazing. When you look at how Jesus did it, it says he casts out demons with a word. No incantations, you know, no holy water sprinkled on folk, no um, prancing around, no shouting. Demons aren't hard of hearing. He casts them out with a word, and he's given us that authority. We have to start there. There's another aspect.
0: Pastor Michael, this is the big distinguishing mark for Mike Cosper and Sam Storms, he says, you cast demons out with a word, not with incantations, a long drawn out affair, but Jesus cast them out with a word. Two questions. How different is this? And two,
1: is this the biblical way? Yeah. So that sounds like what Driscoll taught. Yeah. That sounds the same. So I, the I mean, only as thing far as I would, can
0: tell. The only thing that we might not say is that we're not going into a full
1: quote unquote demon trial, like a full trial. Yeah. So maybe you're not doing this whole big deal. Although even that, I mean, what Driscoll seems to be talking about is simply different than just, he's not talking about the way Sam storm, Sam storm is is talking about casting out demons. Right. So he's talking about demonic possession, right? There is a difference um, in this kind of theological framework of possession and this kind of oppression that happens when people are believing lies.
0: But even in, in the same storm story, what we get is they were at this prayer meeting and, you know, they all have to like pull her aside, right? Like there's more than just, oh, I think this, yes. if there's, if there's satanic they power, back, here, they
1: bring her up, they yeah, pray for her. So it's if,
0: not just if there's, because I think a, a prayer of, if there's satanic power here, Lord, I pray against it in Jesus name is a pretty much fine prayer.
1: Yeah, right. I literally have prayed, and maybe yeah. not those exact words, but yeah. very similar words very often in our church, on I, my own. If that is a a, a that is a, a pretty normal
0: prayer. Again, I don't think that's what he's describing, and I think he's describing something a lot more similar. Even this idea of a woman walks into our revival and is worshiping demons. I mean, is your is your worship so indistinguishable from spiritualism that like a person feels like they can do it and Just join in? You're like, I guess I better keep an eye out on what's going yeah, on back was weird. here in the That quarter.
1: was so weird. Where he thinks like, yeah, what? I mean, you don't like you don't go talk to them or say, hey, you really can't be doing that here. <laughs> You know, like, (laughs) um, hey, we're having a revival. Could you not worship the devil in here, please? We want to be really welcoming. (laughs) Yeah, what's going on? It's just so weird is what it is. It's Again, it lacks definition. It lacks like the discerning, like drawing of lines. There's just no like concrete. Give me something concrete again. Now, at the end here, he does start talking about, well, look, this is how Jesus did it. So therefore, this is what. And and, and what's interesting is, so he actually, a lot of what he is speaking
0: against is the Catholic exorcist practices that actually have a very long history and pedigree. um, And that there have been books written about and obviously famous movies made about that are based on uh, priest testimony. And he apparently feels comfortable calling those practices into question.
1: Which is interesting. I don't know. Do you think that's what he's saying? I I feel like I well, mean, so he said holy in water incantations. He did say holy water incantations. I guess you're right. I I took him to especially when he's like talking about like shouting, getting louder. Those yeah, of yeah. Things. I think they're, I took some of that to mean even his own like critique of some of the charismatic I think, practices. I think that's included. I think yeah. both are included. Yeah, I think you're right. That's that's true.
0: And so if both of these things are on the table, then certainly what he's doing, I have the right to question that, right? Yep, and. And again, what does, Sam Storms, uh, what does Sam Storms do with that? I don't know.
2: And that's because in 2008, when he planted Bridgeway Church, he planted with Acts 29. And he chose Acts 29 in part because he shared
3: so much of Driscoll's theological vision. What uh, drew me to Mark in my first encounter with him was his commitment to both Reformed theology and the centrality of Scripture. As well as his commitment to the operation of the charismatic and miraculous gifts of the spirit. And he was one of the few people at that time who was doing it. And that was that was very much a standard characteristic feature of most Acts twenty nine churches at that time.
0: So Sam Storms coming in hot with they're the same picture. <laughs> That's that sure is what it sounds like. <laughs> I was attracted to Driscoll for
1: this. reason specific reason, reason.
0: specifically this.
1: Huh? Yeah, it doesn't uh, it doesn't sound like I mean, this is why they have to go into the woman thing, right? Like the the how what Driscoll said about women, that is going to be what Sam Storms critiques. None of the rest of it. Yes, because if he critiqued the rest of it, all of a sudden he would have to say, oh, yeah. And also my entire church and everything that I believe, too, has to change. Because even the like, oh, let's talk about the biblical way.
0: I think that that's cut to sound like he's disagreeing with some of Driscoll's practices. I don't think he's actually in substance doing that at all. No, he's saying. I mean, this is the same picture. This is this is charismatic YRR Calvinism. This is what it was. This is what we. This is what was taught to me, and this is what I basically had grown to think. Yep. And so he was an Acts twenty nine pastor, and he was attracted to this for this specific question. We also do not ask him later questions. Here would be a great question to ask Sam Storms. Hey, when Driscoll got a word from God that it was time to leave Mars Hill with no accountability. What'd you think about that? What'd you think yeah. about that?
1: Oh, seriously, there, man, there are some good questions we you
0: could ask. You, I mean, Sam Storms, We'd this is the first time I'd ever thought I'd say this. Love to have you on the we show. We love to have because you on the show. I we want to lo- ask those questions. I would love
1: to have the actual conversation that is on the table. Yep. It would be, uh, it would be great to have on just to ask those questions. Why? So this, again, this just shows you where the agenda lies. uh, Because this kind of question is not being asked questions that like they are, they directly arise from what Driscoll was doing. Driscoll had these charismatic practices. You have this, this uh, you know, well-known scholar um, of the charismatic movement, ask him, about these weird visions that driscoll had ask him about the word he had to leave his church ask him about those things yes that would
0: be great that would be fascinating i you know what i take back everything i hinted at earlier sam storms we would really love to have that conversation we and, would. and let you answer for yourself That would be great to yep. get your get your perspective so let me uh play the clip that uh Christian Today was dying to do. This is the hit they wanted. The clip about what Sam Storms thinks about what Driscoll said about women. Because as we said, Driscoll that the issue they decided to take up was that Driscoll said, Women seem to be the ones who come to me for this. They must be more susceptible for this for some reason. I don't know why. Then he throws some scripture together, uh, mangles it pretty badly and that this is this is the this is beyond the pale and this is uh let's play sam storms discussing
2: this spiritual warfare and it would be easy to find people who fundamentally disagree with him about gender to critique these comments
0: you already found those people in all the
1: early episodes every episode
2: (laughs) but it's worth noting that they're an aberration within his own theological framework as well So I asked Sam to speak to this idea that women were more susceptible to demonic oppression than men because Eve was deceived and
3: because women are referred to as the weaker vessel. The idea or the suggestion that women are more susceptible to demonic influence than men, I find um, uh, ridiculous. I find it offensive. I certainly think it's unbiblical. In my ministry, uh if if there were even a small smattering of truth to that and, and again understand i'm speaking as a complementarian when i say this if
0: quick pause once again they're the same picture notice how mike cosper has to load this question with if women are more susceptible to demonic oppression because paul said eve uh, was deceived yep. and they're the weaker vessel you have to load it, it. why Because otherwise, his answer, I think, is about to be a yes, (laughs) even if there's
1: a smattering of truth to that. Right. He's like, he's walking that line. Yeah. Because, yeah, Driscoll's right.
0: Was Driscoll's biblical backing for that valid? No, it was not valid for that. Do I have any idea, based on Driscoll, Sam Storms, or anyone else, if actually more women are attracted to this? In general? I don't know. I mean, right, and then there's literally a million possible explanations for why. I They're going to look for biblical ones. Could it just be there are more women in churches, right?
1: Like, yep.
0: you know, like there's that basic of ones. There's sociological ones, there's psychological ones, and there's probably an interplay of all these things. But let's, let's listen to Sam Storms as he continues to announce they're the same picture.
3: If there is a measure of truth in that, I'm not sure that there is. It may well be because of the oppressive bullying and domineering of women by their husbands and by church leaders. Um, Now, again, I'm speaking as a complementarian. I do believe in male elders and male headship in the home. But the male headship that I read about in Scripture is loving and leading and serving and sacrificing the way Christ has done for us. And oftentimes women are subjected to brutality, both verbally and physically and emotionally. They are um, domineered in ways that uh, that quenches the spirit in their lives, that suppresses their gifting, that makes them fearful of, uh, of making good use of the gifts and the opportunities God has given them.
1: Listen to how long, this, this is not done. <laughs> Yeah, how much he has to qualify everything he's doing. So what a what a weird answer, right? <laughs> like what a weird way to go with this. So so after
0: saying it probably isn't true, let me offer a very extended explanation
1: for why it is the for case. For why it is the case sometimes. And it's because of men. Yeah. Uh, it, when it does happen to women, it's because of men. It's because their husbands are abusive. Um, and, and that's why.
0: But even if that's the case, the answer is, yes, women are more susceptible to this because of, uh, certain kinds of sins that are perpetrated against them. Um,
1: so actually, like I, I can't believe I'm going to do this. uh because, I know this
0: is the this is why this is rate this is why no, it's good radio.
1: Yeah. Well, so Sam Storms is actually just saying yes, they are more susceptible because they're the weaker vessel. Why is it that women are <laughs> oh, no. like you know? Why is it that women are more susceptible? Storms, we
0: still want you. We do, come- but
1: but like, isn't, are he, that isn't he, that's what, oh, he, yeah, that's what it sounds like. I'm not saying this is what I think the weaker vessel means. I'm not saying that this is what I believe. I'm saying Sam Storm seems to be explaining why Driscoll's wrong in saying that because a woman's a weaker vessel, she's more susceptible to demonic oppression. He's trying to say that the reason why that's not true is that actually sometimes it is true because they're the weaker also, vessel. I'm
0: a complementarian.
1: Also, I'm a complimentary, like he keeps adding that in I, uh,
0: this, by the way, this is how complimentarians talk. And this is why we have our Valentine's day tradition, because there are times where it is just weird how many times they'll go. And I'm saying this, but also, but I'm a complimentarian and, yeah, like, and the kind how, of
1: leadership I mean, how come, with. how come if you believe this, if you believe in complimentarianism, how come you can only talk about it while apologizing about it? <laughs> yeah.
0: You know, I mean, this is. This is a thing that Pastor Michael is especially uh, sensitive and, and to, I, and by that, I mean, he notices. He's not like freaked out or yeah. wrong, right? because <laughs> it offends me because where he went to seminary, the Chicago area, the Wheaton area is, is where, is where Pastor Michael got his degree and really like kind of came into his own as an adult Christian man. Right. And so
1: it's where I saw, right. It's, it's this is where, where I saw he this listened to this
0: yeah. happen over and over again. And so, this is this is how it happens and what because it's it's the reason this is notable because it's so weird nothing sam storms would go well this guy's not a complimentary
1: like, if this <laughs> yeah, guy's, like right. women are women experience like do you think um, he's be- saying it because it, like he's like okay i got this big interview with christianity yeah, today that might, like that... i don't want to wreck this you know yeah. and there are ways like we've we've defended the and others but yeah. like yeah, hey, you go into a situation where you know these people have even if somebody, I mean, people have said, hey, wait, Mike Cosper is still kind of complimentary or something maybe, or at least like more, more conservative, apparently. Um, like the, <laughs> I don't the, know. <laughs> the agenda of this entire podcast is an egalitarian agenda. In right? a it's- weird, oh, just a,
0: we cut Driscoll hard, but Sam Storms, we are going to, we're going to play this, are, this is we're going to play this thing, whatever he said to the bitter end.
1: Yeah. We're going to let him continue on his description of why actually Driscoll is right. Yep.
3: So I think that that, I'm not saying that that is a pervasive uh, mentality in churches, and certainly complementarians are by no means the only ones guilty of this. Egalitarians can be just as bad. I'm simply pointing out the fact that if women do experience certain emotional struggles and uh, perhaps um, open themselves up to a demonic influence in an inordinate way it's not because they're women it's oftentimes because of the way that they have been treated or mistreated i should say both in the home and in the church so in my experience in my ministry I, i i don't i've never tried to count i've never been able to say well the proportion is this or that I think men are just as susceptible uh, to demonic influence as women are. Sometimes it manifests itself in different ways. I mean, if you stop and think about this clip is
1: still going, we've still got time left. Apparently he just, Oh man, everything he says, he has to like couch and other yeah. things and change. And I don't, there's no answer. Give well, us an answer. There
0: is no answer. And two, I don't know if he is refusing to answer because of the complimentary thing or the, we can't call anything into question in the charismatic world cuz that topples this
1: thing in a i don't know which one is what's yeah. driving it why do you feel like you can't just answer cuz right you it, clearly started off thinking oh yeah he's so wrong and now as you got going it's like oh <laughs> uh, okay.
0: i guess he's basically right and and the idea that i'm sorry to say that like the idea that like women are going to be more open about experiencing emotional issues is I, if you are offended by me saying that that's seemingly unquestionably true, I just don't know how to help you. Yep.
1: And there is an obvious, like it is common
0: sense, obvious. Everybody knows this. And, and if you couch all of those kinds of problems in a need for a deliverance ministry, that is why women will have that. And there are many reasons there that, that this happens, right? There are men who shut themselves off from their emotions in a way that's unhealthy. But therefore, they don't need a deliverance ministry because you don't couch that in this language, right? There are uh, women are just more emotional. This is just a thing. I, I I'm sorry. I I I know I'm <laughs> I know I'm canceled because right, right. yep, I don't go. know what to do.
1: This podcast this, is- this podcast thing has been great. It was. <laughs> it's been fun. Matt. I know, patrons. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for those three weeks. Those glorious three weeks. <laughs> Um, I don't know what
0: to do. Because I mean, that's what Sam Storms is trying to say. He's trying to say what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Now he's saying it much more uncomfortably. (laughs) Um, And, and of course, we can be affected by sins that are committed against us. We can experience in like shame that can cripple you from sins that were committed against you that you didn't do. You're not guilty of, but that's how sin works. It's horrible. Right. And that happens to people also you can have these kinds of shame problems because of things you did and and that is of course the one of the weird things sam storms is he's not going to he the if women experience this it is because of outside evil oppressors
1: yeah this is such a man we're i mean we we talk about this. We're going to talk about more. We're going to talk about it a lot um, or at least some when we talk through Jesus and John Wayne oh, and purity culture stuff. Yeah. Um, and this is actually something that was a problem that uh, that uh, Kristen Dumas gets right, I think. Um, but like there is this weird like within uh, certain complementary sectors within uh, like the purity culture stuff. There is this weird thing where you have to con- I think it comes out of a desire to say, I don't want to blame the woman, Yes, um, which like sometimes comes out of like a desire. It's like, okay, as a man, I want to take responsibility or as men, we should take responsibility. But the way it comes out a lot of the time is basically to remove the moral agency of women as if they like, they, they don't have moral agency of their own. Right that in itself is really problematic dehumanizing it's very dehumanizing and, and objectifying and and
0: this isn't to say that like because women have moral agency about they do and the action their actions have consequences and all these things right what what it is trying to get around is that like hey if you are actually abused the fact that someone the fact that someone physically abused you that's not your fault right like like because there's that like the the cliche of the abusers you're making me do this right and they're fighting that very specific lie which is a which is dare i say it a demonic and it evil is, lie an evil demonic lie absolutely right or you deserve this right yeah you won't you can't there's nothing better for you than this but the 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 lengths to which this has been taken of removing women's agency and 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 that is also a lie, is also a lie and is also problematic. And, and Sam's, but again, the big point here is, is this is long. This is, I mean, this is one of the longest clips of the show. Just letting a, let, I don't know why they just let this go. Cut this somewhere, like (laughs) help him out. Help him. But I'm not going to help him because you didn't.
3: The number, the percentage of men who are addicted to pornography. uh, Is there a demonic element in in that? You bet there is. Sam also draws a contrast to the dismissive paternalism we heard earlier. It is essential.
0: We're still going. Like <laughs> the, we ended we broke it. No, so, okay, so a lot of men, broke it. A lot of men use porn, totally totally valid critique of men. More, Total, more men than women. Well, more men than women. Again, this is a weird thing where it's like that's becoming less and less true, unfortunately, uh, because that just means more people are becoming captive to this um i mean again and that's demonic right like this is and this is the weird thing where that everyone knows this critique of deliverance ministry is that it all becomes a demon yeah the fact that you were abused demon. the fact that you're still having a hard time uh that was the demon okay. hey you look at porn i guess that's demonic and and if in the sense where we talked about it early where paul identifies the war that and and revelation identifies there's a clash there's a spiritual war in the world from those things that are signed with evil
1: and those things sided with christ yeah that's it's true. on the side like but, you are you are operating on the side of the devil when you act out in certain sinful yes, behaviors yes yeah.
0: and that but that this is like when in this context when you say something's demonic what you mean you have to what you have to mean is and therefore
1: there's in, in Sam Storm's case, we're going to say a word right, or something. need deliverance from that demon. And that is how you're free of that sin. Right. And that is the question
0: of where do you find that in the Bible?
1: Yeah. It's also the question, just the question that should be being asked in this podcast. What's like, what, what is this about? Where do you get this? Yes. Why do you do it? Also, what, like, what are the limits? And instead it just becomes this weird. There could have been did did mark driscoll didn't he say something about like you know women being more susceptible to this
0: yeah wouldn't the answer if you were sam storms to be go no women aren't i don't know like if you really just yeah. want to like cut that off like give a two-word answer yeah, right? like that's how i would have answered yeah. like no i don't think so i don't see that biblically i don't think i see that experientially and then maybe you could if you wanted to talk You clearly want to talk about women actually being more stuff. You could at least, you could describe the way you, he said women and men and women might manifest these things differently. If we, if we get Sam Storms here, I'm going to ask him how, Yeah. what does that mean? Yeah. Because that's a, that's an, again, that's an interesting question and why you believe that. Now, again, like I said, we're not done. We're still not done with this very long answer. And this is how they're ending the episode. They're ending the episode with this long rambling answer it's not a defense of complementarianism it is not it is simply saying even if this happens in complementarian churches egalitarian, egalitarian churches aren't better uh it's not an explanation of anything really and so except why you shouldn't call women sweetheart coming next on the paternalism
3: that christian men both complementarian and egalitarian or somewhere in between truly take to heart first peter 3 7 where Peter says, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, literally live with your wives according to knowledge. And I think, I don't think he's talking primarily about the knowledge of God, although that's certainly important. I think he's talking about the knowledge of your wife, understanding who she is as a person, as an image bearer. And then Peter says, show honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, weaker, not intellectually, mentally, emotionally, weaker, I think, physically, weaker perhaps sociologically, she's exposed and more vulnerable in in the world in which we live. So here he's telling us, honor your wives. It's the dishonoring of wives and of women in general that I think has contributed so much to the struggles that they encounter. All of us as men need to take seriously because Peter says, if you don't, your prayers won't be heard. I mean, it's amazing when God says, don't talk to me, honor your wife. Apologize to your wife, forgive her, and ask her to forgive you for the the things that have passed between you, and live with her with an with an knowledge and an understanding of what makes her tick as an image bearer. And uh, if you don't, uh, that's a stunning statement. He says, otherwise your prayers will be hindered.
0: Okay, they're the same picture. It's because the same thing. He literally reads 1 Peter three seven, a great verse by the way. Likewise, husbands live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life so that your prayers may not be hindered. So guess guess where we come back to? Don't be paternalistic. Honor your wife because
1: she is the weaker vessel. So it started with... This is very different.
0: Can I just say that like in... In modern society, in in a modern America, maybe there is a distinction between how Sam Storms views women and Driscoll does. I I could grant that. I could believe that, right? You're right. We had a, there were, right, when we were listening to the really bad marriage counseling Driscoll gives, whoa, right? That was, that was eye-opening, right? That was bad. Really, really bad. They... There there would not be a distinction between what Sam Storms just said and Driscoll calling someone sweetie and the way he acted. They would not view those as different at all. Those would not be- They are in the culture
1: broadly. Yes,
0: that would not be separated. This would not be separated at all. They would
1: not view it as separate. Yeah, it's just, once again, so like maybe to get off of Sam Storms, hey, Sam Storms, we're we're not trying to give you a hard time. We're We're just trying to point out that this
0: interview was done to differentiate Driscoll from complementarianism and charismaticism broadly. Yep. And, and our point is that
1: it doesn't seem to do that.
0: And 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 so I'm not here to like say Sam, you butchered how you understood First no. Peter three seven, yeah. which no, probably it, means I'm saying Driscoll didn't butcher First Peter three seven. Now when he put it into the context of demons, notice Sam Storm did not do that. Yep. Right. He didn't say like, hey, this is basically. Now he yeah, he inserted he kept it in his in the context he inserted sociological weakness and things yep. I again I think that like this is where we just need some level of natural
1: revelation mm-hmm. hey men you're just you're just stronger than women yep like it just it's just like you actually are your skin is thicker your it, bones are harder that is played out in almost every human society yep this is just true yeah and
0: God, Demands you show them honor, because on a non in the in the eternal kingdom in the spiritual kingdom, they are co-heirs, full yep. inheritors with you. That's right. Therefore, of the grace of life. Therefore, you must treat them that way. Yeah. Why? Because you want to pray, you want to be part of that that spiritual eternal kingdom, then you must treat them that way, or I will not listen to your prayers. Which right. is a horrifying idea. Yeah. that that threat is a horrifying threat
1: yeah why not because you're not like you're not acting like you're a part of this kingdom right like if you're using your strength um in some way that is abusive or is not you know like treating her in an understanding way then yeah you're not like you're not you don't get it in a sense right you don't you don't get your position within this kingdom right because it's not one of in this kingdom it's not one where you are uh you know able to uh take advantage yeah. of someone else
0: and obviously this is a complementary verse in that the gospel though does not apparently erase the distinction between men and women and the natural creational differences between them
1: so when the gospel comes when grace comes it doesn't mean that women can kick men three times their size down a hallway right like in every action movie that right. you've seen in the last 10 years no those are probably real <laughs> <laughs> okay
2: Charismatic gifts, the experience of the supernatural, from all kinds of angles. But regardless of your perspective, it's hard to look at the specific dynamics inside Mars Hill and not see them as an expression of pride and power. Driscoll's lectures on this are essentially one story after another in which he's the hero. He has the insight to know what's happening in people's heart. He's protecting women from abusive men. He can see the secrets people would rather leave in the past. He can draw out demons and cast them away. In a way, it's not unlike another expression of pride heard regularly in the earlier years at Mars Hill.
3: I can read a book a day. I have for years.
2: But it's one thing for a guy to talk boldly about how many books he reads. And maybe he did. But in the case of the demon trials, the stakes are so much higher and the claims of authority are so much more significant because the people who come to you are struggling and suffering. Here's Jesse Bryan, who was Mars Hill's creative director for almost a decade.
0: We'll bring that clip in just to bring us back to this episode, as we close out, that it is true that in, in a, with a charismatic leader and with a leader who can kind of claim this kind of supernatural ministry, it is, this is a borderline messianic kind of power. Yep. And, and this is why this is something I, I kind of hinted at, and maybe now is the the appropriate time to bring it up is we see a lot of demonic activity in Christ's uh in in ways we don't see outside the scripture now that doesn't mean obviously the old testament describes satan active right think of job even think of daniel's visions think of revelations descriptions right so there are this is me not saying demonic activity is stopped right uh the what pastor michael has been emphasizing that is often and and sometimes is an error that certain kinds of cessationists make of a rationalistic hey basically now things work naturally is not what i'm saying i'm not saying that there isn't an invisible spiritual realm that actually in some ways interacts what happens in the physical realm matters in the spiritual realm and i'll I'll give an example of that but why is there so much and why should we be concerned when someone is claiming this kind of power with demons here's my answer why is jesus casting out demons in his ministry what does Jesus say he's come to do? He's come to bind the strong man. That there, the authority Satan had, Jesus was coming to earth to take away, to bind it. And like his miracles are signs to his power as the creator, as the author of life, he's casting out demons this way to show his authority to bind Satan, which as Reformed Christians we believe is done agreed are we is this normal pastor michael am i yeah
1: right when when christ came he uh, he bounced and it was and it was and this is just something that uh the new testament speaks to many times but when christ rose from the dead he rose in power over the powers of principalities um the demonic forces of of this world and even so much as it says in colossians led them around in a victor's parade right? right like like led them around as if like it's over like it's done so whatever the the spiritual makeup of the world was before Christ's resurrection and ascension, um, things have changed. Yes. It doesn't mean that there's not demonic activity of some right. kind. Um, it doesn't mean that like, you know, the, the spiritual realm has stopped or something. Um, but it does mean that the spiritual makeup of the world is fundamentally different because Christ has come and because he died because he rose again.
0: Yeah. And so I think when we, we consider that therefore a person claiming like a dare I say a a really big deliverance an emphasis on deliverance ministry right we're
1: not talking about like the person that says I had one weird experience yeah I can only chalk it up to some kind of demonic activity where this person was acting strange and we prayed and I preached the gospel to him and something changed okay like that that just seems like something that is not that uncommon
0: we're talking about people who it's it it, we're talking about people like driscoll
1: this is happening all the time there are demons all around me Um, they're constantly coming out around me uh this is i mean it's on the flip side you see this um you know with the you know for instance the kansas city prophets and all of these people that like these these uh supernatural events are not just something that happened once and it was strange and i don't know fully how to explain it it's this is my everyday experience yes and that this
0: is inherently going to, right? They're worried about the power dynamics in Driscoll. This creates that, inherently creates that power dynamic.
1: It literally says you have a power that is not common to everybody else. Right,
0: and uh, because of what I believe Jesus did is, is basically messianic. And and that is where there's concern. And so, dear Christian, I, I I'm not encouraging you to not pray in Jesus' name, that if you are concerned about anything in this realm, that you shouldn't pray to God in his name and ask for his help. And I believe he will help you, right? The tempter will flee. The tempter will flee. You can pray to G- in Jesus' name against temptation. But this kind of extreme version of it, I think is concerned. But but of course, we know we live in a world that the, the world we see is actually deeply infu- influenced by the spiritual world. It doesn't matter. It's not, um, they're not, they're not disconnected, right? This is, sometimes I think what people think when I say cessationism, I mean, sometime after the apostles lived, the spiritual world and the physical world disconnected. Yeah, like they are not together I, anymore. No, I just think actually Jesus has authority over it and has actually given us a lot of definition about it, right? Yeah. The example of how do I know what happens in the physical world changes things in the spiritual world is the death of Christ on the cross. A physical man was physically hung on a cross and stabbed and he died and that changed everything in the physical and spiritual world right yeah and, reconciled everything in heaven and yes earth. and those things are still that this holy spirit still works through physical means like you literally hearing words preached to you that is a spiritual endeavor uh, sorry to anyone who doesn't think this the sacraments are likewise a spiritual endeavor physical elements now not because the water has been given a magic property near nor is the pastor preaching a magical incantation the 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 bread and the wine is real communion with the risen jesus christ these things are still connected jesus just has
1: authority over it and and yeah sorry that's all i got yeah well let me maybe uh close to have something uh, maybe, you know, with that, uh, you know, an added positive vision of what spiritual warfare then is and what it looks like. So, this is at the end of the book of Ephesians. Uh, it will sound familiar to everybody. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities against the cosmic powers over this present darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, what should you do? Should you start up a deliverance ministry, right? Should you start up demon trials? Is that no, therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand uh, in the evil day uh, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm, stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. The gospel and prayer, right? It's There it is. You have it right there, the gospel and prayer. And we pray that everyone
0: will engage in that kind of spiritual warfare. Pastor Michael, this has been Restless. What are we gonna do with the rise and fall of Mars Hill when we get to the
1: two-hour
3: episode It's to gonna be rough. Right?
1: <laughs> we might be able to condense it, but it—I mean—it gets long. It gets really long. Uh, well, hopefully this wasn't too long for you. Um, hopefully it was helpful. We will now uh, go into a discussion on cessationism and what we believe. So you know, stay tuned for that next week.